Welcome back to the Everything Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cleef. On today's episode, Gabe Yannis and I, we're back on the mic. We're talking about programming in our gyms. I talked about one of my favorite workouts from this last week. Talk about a new nutrition accountability program we're launching here at NC Fit. Gym owners, you're going to want to hear about this. Stay up to date on this. Athletes, we talk about programming. We talk about New Year's resolutions, our insight on them. Gabe drops some knowledge on this idea using a rubber band. And we just generally rip and have an amazing episode. If you're getting value from these, simple ask. Tell a friend about it. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Hit us up on social. Let us know what you're looking for. And hope everybody's having a kick-ass week. Let's dive into a great episode. Let's go. So it's called Car Jitsu, and someone uh, hit me up about that on Instagram, and I I just looked it up for the first time right before we're recording, and. This is crazy, man. They start some rounds with their seatbelts on. They start some rounds with their seatbelt off, but they're in a car. They're doing jujitsu. It's like a sanctioned thing. It's called car jitsu championships. And they can use the seatbelt to choke each other. Um, they're in like a gi pant with like regular sweatshirt. But anyways, for anybody who wants a little bit of entertainment, look up car jitsu. It's pretty wild. There's something all sorts of crazy things out on the internet, man. It how, seems do like some... with, how do you come up with that, Gabe? How do you say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to start a league. You're asking me? No, I'm, I'm just asking. Like, how do you come up with, I'm going to start a league. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start up where you do jujitsu in a car. And, and we're going to make it a sanctioned event. And there's going to be multiple rounds where you start off with the seatbelt on and then off. Anyways, I just thought that hey, was man. funny. You know, like things that sound crazy to us might not sound crazy to other people. You know, if you went back, whatever it was, 15, 20 years ago and told people that, you know, there was going to be a sport where people, you know, saw how quickly they could exercise, people would look at you and be like, that's weird. Like there's going to be competitive exercising. That's strange. And now, you know, you have the CrossFit Games. It's a huge thing. Um, it's interesting how some ideas, when they're just ideas, you know, they're like, well, this is weird. How could this ever be a thing? I'm not equating car jitsu to the CrossFit games. I'm just saying there's definitely people that think anything is weird. And there's people that would think anything is like, oh yeah, that's cool. I would watch it or want to participate in it. Yeah. I mean, I remember years and years ago, this is like back in early CrossFit days. Um, someone, I, I don't know if it was me or so, no, it was someone else had referred to the CrossFit Games in terms of like, oh, those are our workouts. And I remember Dave specifically saying like, hey guys, in like a super like positive way, like, hey, let's not refer to them as workouts. Let's refer to them as events. And really trying to uh, mm. kind of take it away from like, hey, this is a workout to like, this is a this is an event where you're competing against other people and you're looking to win and there's strategy involved, et cetera. So anyways, that, that, that just sticks out at me with one conversation I had with him years and years ago was trying to kind of create that separation between, oh, these are workouts, but this is exercise. And, uh, you know, I, there was someone else years ago saying like, oh, you know, we get paid to exercise fast. And I think that that kind of undermined the value of the sport. And so Dave was always about this idea of like, their events, um, which I, which I think is true in, in that case. Yeah. And I, th I, I get what he's trying to do there. And I think it's important. And I think if anything, you know, I, I don't think CrossFit has done a good enough job. And, and again, it's a very difficult thing to do because I think it's, it's been a blessing and a curse, how aspirational the sport element of it has been to draw people into the training methodology and going to these gyms, which has changed a lot of people's lives for the better. But I think that 
you know, especially now we're at a point where there does need to be a separation because, you know, I was listening to the intro with MDV, um, obviously our other NC Fit podcast, which you guys check out if you don't already. And yesterday they were talking about, you know, this idea that once every single time you come in to train, it becomes a competition because, you know, most people aren't going to go to the CrossFit games, right? So for a lot of people, their CrossFit games is throwing down with all their friends and buddies at the 7 p.m. class. Like that to them is their event because there's that competitive aspect. There's like a little bit of shit talking, like you want to climb the leaderboard. But the problem then is when you look at the athletes that are actually training for the games, you know, the perfect example is they're training by doing a lot of strict pull-ups, L-sit pull-ups, like they're working on the basics and their strength. And then when they go out and compete, they're doing butterfly pull-ups and whatever's going to get them the best score. The problem is when the average person doesn't have that one event that they're training for and every day of training becomes their competition, then you get those people that now it's once they learn how to do butterfly pull-ups, that's the only thing they do. Yeah, The only thing they're doing is to try and get the best score that day. And I think that that's where a lot of people, especially people that have been training for a while, kind of fall into this trap of never going back to the basics, never doing a workout for quality, never doing, you know, how can I challenge my pull-ups in a way that isn't just what's the biggest unbroken set I can do here, but can I do it in an L-sit? Can I do them strict? Can I do them with a tempo? Can I go wider grip and use my lats a little bit more than my biceps, right? Like those are all ways to use that one movement to challenge and see progressive overload and get stronger and, and build a little bit of muscle but if you become so tunnel visioned on, hey, there's 25 every round in this workout, like what crazy kit and crazy grip can I use and make sure I get the spiel bar to make sure I can do the biggest set unbroken, I feel like you're missing you're you're missing the forest for the trees a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, if you think about for years, I would finish off my training day with a 10-minute EMOM of 10 strict chest bar pull-ups. That was like always my go-to. Cause I want to develop the capacity in the lower lat and in that pulling position. My whole theory was, and even today, right? I do kipping pull-ups and strict pull-ups a lot in workouts. Can I do butterfly? Of course I can do butterfly, but I, I, I save those unless I'm like really competing. Um, that's a really, it's a really valid, interesting point. You know, like I was doing a workout the other day in class and I started doing kipping pull-ups. I think someone looked at me like, why are you doing kipping pull-ups? And I was like, dude, I, I wanted to work that that position. I wanted to, I wanted to do something different. And, um, so that's, that's, that's definitely a valid point. I think if you are trying to compete at the highest level in CrossFit, you are testing yourself to get you overall fit regardless of what the clock says. So I guess what I'm saying is like, if you know that you have a deficiency in strict pull-ups, you should be working those things because it's going to work you in a different way than if you're really good at butterfly, you should stop working those as much and start working something different. because it's going to help you when you go compete. I mean, no one who's ever done strict chest and bar pull-up is, I, if you work strict chest bar pull up, you'll be able to butterfly like for sure. But if you only butterfly and, and strict pull-ups come up or sometimes a little bit more lat engagement, like maybe like bar muscle-ups at high reps or something like that, I think you could have gotten more benefit from a strict pull-up than just butterflying all the time. Now there is technique involved in the butterfly and obviously you need to work that, but once you get it, you get it. Sure. Yeah. 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 Once you get it, you have to like do minimal work to maintain that skill, but you can really build the foundation to make your pull-ups better by doing other forms of pull-ups, not just the one thing that, you know, gets you the biggest number of, you know, times where your chin is over the bar, which is, you know, what a lot of people focus on. 
Yeah, we just ordered in for the gym a pocket bar, which I had never seen before. And it has a, I, I, we'll see how the gym likes it, but <laughs> it, it has a neural on it. And I got it because I wanted to, I wanted to provide the members an option and, and myself uh, selfishly an option to do strict pull-ups with a neural. And it might suck it, or it might be great, but I got these like um, white and gray camo uh, new uh, bars in. So Loves the camo. Dude. Loves the camo. Bro, that and my uh, American it's look flag badass. bar. It's, it's going to look, look badass. It's yeah, gonna it's going to look sick. I did a workout true. yesterday with Caden. Um, do this one. Put me in the put me in the ground. So you guys might want to try this one. 15, 12, 9. Deadlift at 155. Burpee over the bar. 15, 12, 9. Doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> then you rest. Rest 90 seconds. Original is 90 seconds. Repeat three times. Dude. Yeah. If, yeah. if you've been doing this long enough. You know that that sounds bad. So Caden and I, we hit round one and he hit it pretty hard, man. Like he's getting to the point now where he's like a training partner. So it's pretty cool. Um, dude, so he was using um, uh, 55 pounds or 65 pounds and I was using 155. But man, 15, 12, nine. And I, so I finish it in three minutes and I look at the clock and after 90 seconds of rest, I'm like, dude, this is not enough rest. Like I am, I'm not recovered at all. So we actually changed the rest to two minutes. So if you see that workout coming out here at NC Fit in the future, that's one of the benefits of testing is that, you know, it just, it just wasn't enough rest. So we had to make that adjustment so that people could provide the intensity they were looking for on the workout. Man, I can't wait for Shay to be my training partner. Right now, he's at a month old and still trying to keep his head up, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. He's working, oh. on his, working on his tummy time. Yeah, man, it's going to take a little bit. Uh, it'll, probably take, <laughs> it'll probably take at least eight years, but it'll get there. Spe speaking of which of um, the rest, I just wanted to kind of share something. So this morning, I'm training Ava, and I had to do a three-minute on, one-minute off of um, three burpees, five uh, um, the slam ball, and seven air squats. So she does three minutes, and she doesn't look like that exhausted or anything. She rests a minute. She does that three times. And, uh, before the third round, she asked me, she's like, she's like, so what are we doing after this? I'm like, this is what we're doing today. It's, it's nine minutes of mm. really great work. She goes, but why am I resting? She goes, she goes, why am I resting? I don't need to rest. And it was a really eye-opening experience for me. Cause she said something in particular, I actually wrote down, she said, how am I supposed to know that? And I, because I had said, I had said to her, Hey, it's gonna be three minutes on one minute off. You know, we're going to go, we're going to rest, we're going to go, we're going to rest. And so after the second round, she's like, hey, why do I need the rest? I said, well, the goal is to go really hard during that three minutes so your body can recover and then you can bring the next three minutes with a high intensity. And she's like, well, how was I supposed to know that? And I, I thought that was interesting because like I always like assume that when you put a workout with workout and rest, people just know like, hey, I'm going to go really hard and I'm going to rest. But I, I think it's not, it wasn't automatically implied here. So it was something that I was just thinking about that we should share on this show is like when we are working with members or working with ourselves, like we might need to express to them, like, hey, we're going to go three minutes on. I want you to put in your best effort because you get a whole minute to rest. I should have done that this morning. And that was kind of a pitfall of mine. So I wanted to share that here. But I think another part of that, and, and you know, like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm assuming that it takes a lot more or Ava probably doesn't like gravitate towards or is even able to hit intensity like the way Caden is. And I think that that is usually pretty common difference that I've noticed. And then I'm pretty sure this is like reinforced by like the biology of like women and men differently. Like, you know, men have a little bit easier time, you know, going full, you know, foot on the gas pedal 
women tend to be a little bit more reserved with, with their training. And I think that that goes to show two things that I think are important that we're doing. One is having RPE for our workouts, which, you know, is super useful because once you educate your members on, Hey, we're, we have rest periods today. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure we're hitting RP nine, RP 10, RP eight versus this is nine minutes of straight work. So you're going to want to be in like RP six, RP seven, but you know, to, to, to your point, this is another thing that I think comes up a lot with people coming in and trying a trial workout. And, you know, if someone is inexperienced with this kind of training, if someone doesn't have the technique to be able to hit intensity and they come in in a day where, you know, there's these big rest periods and it's not a whole bunch of work, you know, we've had this happen at our gym a lot, you know, their first experience is like, well, I don't feel like I got much of a workout because if people go to Barry's boot camp or go to orange theory or go to all these other places, regardless of how untrained you are, regardless of the workout, you're going to leave really sweaty and feel like you got quote unquote, a killer workout. So how do you mitigate that? How do you get in front of that when you have a model like ours where, you know, people are coming in and their first class could be any workout? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that was something that we've been trying to find a solution to for years. I mean, uh, if you look at like a two or three minute workout, like for a beginner, that's a terrible workout because they don't have the mental capacity to push themselves yet to get to a point where they feel like there's any constructive fitness going on, especially if their preconceived notion is that more is better. Um, so I think that obviously as a coach, you got to adjust. That's also why our programming doesn't really fall below 10 minutes very often because even at 10 minutes, Oh, I wonder if my power just went out again. Um, even at 10 minutes, right. Um, you can get in a pretty good push. Yeah. Just trying to get in front of people coming in, taking a class and it potentially being something that requires them to hit an RPA eight or above and them not necessarily having like the skills or just even the mindset, right. To like go there. And then, you know, they're done 10, 15 minutes later, had a bunch of rest, probably didn't get that sweaty and feel like, well, why do I want to join this gym? You know, I took an hour class. I don't feel like it got a good workout. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's one of the pitfalls or hurdles of your traditional CrossFit model is that if you do have a beginner who comes there and they have a subpar experience, because maybe they, they, they identify a good workout as like 60 minutes of sweating. Whereas in mm. CrossFit it's traditionally like a good warm up, It's a nice strength piece potentially. And then a workout. And I think that's, that's kind of like the bridge we've been trying to create here at NC fit is like, if you have old school, where maybe it was like you come in and you just do a five by one back squat, right? And that's it. That's the priority for the day. You're going to really be focused on it. And then new schools like this, let's just call it orange theory. I think we try and bridge the gap in between where people are going to be moving the entire hour. They're going to gain great fitness and they're going to hit in at minimum a 10 minute workout to finish it off. I think that kind of bridges the gap well. And I think that if you're, you know, if you're an experienced coach, you've done your due diligence, you've checked the session plan, you understand the stimulus and you know what all gym owners should have in place, which is a system so that the coach isn't completely blindsided that, hey, Jason's coming in to try class today and he's a new member, doesn't have a ton of experience. Like I should have all that information going in. A good coach should be able to say, okay, I know that today we're doing you know these two-minute intervals with two-minute rest. I know that Jason's not going to potentially get the most. I'm going to go up to him and be like, hey, let's do three minutes of work with one minute rest. Let's make everything a little bit lighter. Like I should be able to adjust that workout to make sure that this new member is getting a good experience given the information that I have and the preparation that I did going into it. I think where a lot of people really run into trouble is because 
they don't have a system in place. So the coach just, you know, he's about to start class and he's like, wow, I have someone here that hasn't been before. He hasn't gotten information for from whoever talked to that lead about what's their experience like. Have they been doing Orange Theory five times a week before coming in? Or are they someone that hasn't been moving at all for the past five months? That gives me valuable experience on how to adjust the workout. And then the last piece, have they looked at a session plan like what we provide with the collective? And I know exactly the stimulus we're trying to hit with the performance version, with the fitness version, and how I can adjust accordingly in case that happens. You know, with all those pieces in place, I think you can still knock it out of the park and give that person a really good experience. I think where a lot of people fall flat is because they don't do the due diligence and preparation to get there. Yeah. And then obviously having to care, right? You got to care about this person's first experience and give them something that they, that you think will help them come back is the goal. You know, I think about it a lot in jujitsu. It's the same thing is that in jujitsu, you know, you go through technique work and then for athletes that don't spar, um, it could kind of feel lackluster because you don't really sweat. You don't do much. You just work on technique. And if that's what you're there for, it's fine. Or if you go for sparring and it goes to zero to a hundred or, or you don't know how to ramp up intensity, it could be a poor experience too. So being a coach in jiu-jitsu, I think is the same thing. We got to kind of put your beginner athletes in a position where they're going to be successful so they can come back. Right. Um, and that's the same thing for us at our gyms is like, how do you make their experience good where they feel like they get in a great workout, but can still walk the next day. Um, but enough of a workout where they don't feel like they just went for three minutes and they're done. So it's kind of like this, this blend, right? That's what, that's the art of the coach. I mean, right. That's it. Tomorrow I head to, um, Wadapalooza. Miami. Yeah, dude, those, those flights are gnarly. Um, they're long. It's six and a half hours on the way home. I feel like I'm going to New York. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be doing a, a couple different things out there. It's going to be really exciting. I'll talk about it on the show in the future for now. You know, we got, some gym owner meetups, which are going to be fun. Um, I'll be hosting some workouts. I think I'll be hosting some volunteer workouts too, just to kind of take the volunteers through something and then um, commentating a little bit. So for those people that are watching Wadapalooza, you, or if you're going, you probably saw me there because this episode will probably release after I was already there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely saw him because the guy's going to be everywhere. Um, another benefit of living in Texas, man, it's been so nice since moving out here because, you know, I'll go to the East Coast, I'll go to the West Coast for work, and, you know, it's like a three flight, three hour flight everywhere. Cause I remember, dude, the coast to coast flights when I was in California and I'd go to visit my family in New York. It's a long flight, man. It's a long yeah. flight. And if you're doing it often, yeah, that's, it, it's, it's tough. It's nice to be centrally located. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously you guys have that benefit. The, the, the only benefit we really have is we can get to, um, well, we can fly within California, obviously really easy and we can get to Hawaii quicker. Um, you know, uh, but aside from that, yeah, we're, we're kind of out here in, in, in the coast. Um, dude, one of the things that, uh, we've been implementing, um, lately, um, well, actually we just launched the sheepdog response course. So I want to talk about that. I thought that was a cool, Hell yeah. um, you know, so a, a while ago we were talking about this on the podcast. I went out to Texas and I filmed some content with Tim Kennedy, who's, you know, basically a, a jack of all trades, UFC fighter, you name it. He's, he has a huge a uh, long list of, of accolades. And we created a, um, a course together that just recently released what this last week. So if you're someone out there who's looking for an eight week ebook, if you're looking for, you know, kind of something to kind of jumpstart you, maybe you're not in a gym yet. Maybe you're just getting acclimated to some of these movements. I think that ebook is incredible. You can see it on a sheepdog response where you can go find it at. Yeah. And I think that if, if you've watched any of the videos that have come out, uh, 
promoting the course or any of like Tim Kennedy's content, you know, there's a lot of like tactical stuff. He's doing BJJ, you know, he's doing a lot of stuff with, with weapons and stuff, but, you know, kind of taking a step back from this, just to make sure that people know what this product is and why I think it can benefit more than just people that are interested in that specifically, you know, the entire idea, the, the, the kind of spirit behind what we were trying to do with this ebook and this, this virtual course is to give people a baseline of, functional capacity for the things that they should be able to do in life. Right. And Tim Kennedy, you know, with his company, Sheepdog Response, we've talked about that course. He's very big into, you know, being able to be a protector and being able to be, you know, whether it's law enforcement or just a protector for your family. So, you know, what are you going to do when shit hits the fan and you potentially, you know, are in a situation where, you know, you don't want your fitness to limit how you can respond. That's kind of who this is for. But with that said, I think it's a perfect baseline of fitness where, you know, if you, for whatever reason, have found yourself not being super consistent as of late and just want something, a little bit of structure, you don't want to jump right in to maybe one of the programs on our app, but you just want, okay, give me week zero to week eight to kind of just get a foundation and start the year off right. I think this is the perfect way to do that. And it's not just the ebook, but it comes with some video content that you filmed with Tim Kennedy, who, if you ever need someone to talk to you and just like it's like it's like watching a pre-workout like you don't need to take pre-workout you just need to watch this guy talk and get you amped up and that's the motivation you need to like stay consistent for these eight weeks he'll do a better job than i'm doing now at selling you on why this is important why you should commit to this so definitely recommend if this kind of feels like something that you've been looking for to kind of jumpstart the year Check it out. I'm sure we'll include the link in the bio. Um, love Tim Kennedy. Love what he's about. And obviously him collaborating with Jason, the big guy, quality product that they put out. So I'm excited for that to get in as many hands as possible. Dude, you know what we need to do? We need to call Tim and be like, bro, you need to come out with the Tim Kennedy pre-workout. But it's not even a pre-workout. It's not even like a, a, a supplement. It's just literally a YouTube video of him just like being him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, it's like him and Jocko have a lot in common in that realm. But uh, I mean, Tim is even kind of bigger and bolder and just like, especially when you're with him in person, he's he's got an electric personality for sure. So if you're looking to, you know, I thought Gabe summarized it really well. I, I, I'm, I'm proud of the course. I think it was great. I think it's a great baseline, especially for people who kind of have maybe been off or 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 maybe someone who's been developing their skills in jujitsu and firearms, but maybe finds themselves not in the best shape ever. Um, that's really who this is for, you know, and, and the motivation really came for both of us from seeing people on the mats and on the range who physically had the skill set or, or mentally, mentally and physically had the skill set to perform a bunch of movements. But once they got tired, they could no longer perform it, you know, so they couldn't do it under fatigue. And so some of this is just to help reduce fatigue and optimize performance under stress. You know, it's one thing to do an arm bar and, you know, to your drilling partner, it's another thing to be, you know, three minutes into a really tough round and then try and perform that same thing. And if we can help you breathe better, that's the goal. Yeah. Speaking of this idea of, of, you know, baseline fitness, you know, one thing that I've been thinking a lot about, and I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull a Jason Kalipa here and make a, a early announcement, probably earlier than we should, to be honest, but I'm so excited about it that I want to tell everyone which I assume is, which I assume is how you feel about everything. So yeah, I, 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 about, I can relate now. I, so, I mean, I don't know why you're giving away trade secrets so much, but let's, let's hear it. I don't even know what it is. So I, we're a hundred percent now going to be launching nutrition and accountability coaching at our flagship locations in the Bay area. It's something that I've been super passionate about for a long time. 
both personally and kind of in my own journey, but also, you know, trying to incorporate it into how we impact the lives of the people at our gyms. And hopefully at some point, you know, everyone across our app footprint, our collective footprint. And honestly, it's been, it's been a missing piece to what drives us to what we do every day, which is helping people reach their goals, helping them live freely and fully outside the gym. You know, if you're coming to the gym and you're hitting our workouts consistently three, five times a week, amazing, right? Like you're going to be making steps in the right direction. You're going to be feeling better. You're going to be looking better a hundred percent. But if you're doing that and you're completely ignoring your nutrition, and also you don't have someone that's there holding you accountable to whatever you've set out to do, you're probably not going to be successful. And I know people out there have tried you know, just doing research on like the diet that they're going to try, especially now in the beginning of the year, right? Like, Hey, I'm going to try keto. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to add this. And you know, you'll have limited success, but at some point you probably, and this has happened to me millions of times, revert back to old habits. And next thing you know, you know, you took three steps forward then you took three steps back and right around mid year, you're like back. It's like right where you started and you're a little bit frustrated and then you kind of like spin your wheels, go to the holiday season. And then again, in January, you're back at square one. So I think that it's been a long time coming for us to support our members with nutrition and accountability. And I think that I'm super excited because combining those two aspects with fitness, which I already think, and I know you agree, we are the best in the world at with the programming that we have, the world-class coaches that we have. I think now being able to offer the full picture for our members is bound to make what we do at NC Fit in the Bay Area really, really special and hopefully set a really exciting um, you know, example for a lot of gyms out there on what they can do if they really start incorporating like a holistic approach to how we're helping our members. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting with nutrition because, I mean, this is just a really good example of how like in business and in life, like you evolve, you grow and you change and you should like your your vision, your perspective on something 10 years ago is probably going to be different than what it is today. And if it isn't, it probably should be in some way, shape or form, because life happens, things happen and you grow. And this is a really good example, because if you had asked me 10 years ago, well, shit, I was asked left and right. Why aren't we offering nutrition? And I just would always say to myself, first off, it was never something that I was super passionate about. Like I didn't feel that strongly about it. So I felt kind of unauthentic doing it. Um, but the other was like, I was like, yeah, we're going to stay in this lane, this fitness lane. We're not going to really talk about this. But after more consideration, more thought and more years go by, you realize that they're not, they're not, um, they're, they're so combined. Like they're not these individual tracks. And, you know, like if you come into the gym and you don't dial in your nutrition, at least a little bit better and stay accountable to that, at least a little bit, you're not going to see the same type of results as quickly as you want. So from a gym owner perspective, like I want to get people results as quickly as possible so that they retain with us and they could really see those life-changing results for the rest of their life. And I think having this as an option is going to be really valuable for us at NC Fit. And I hope other gym owners, um, you know, at least hear what we have to say. And it's not proven yet for us. Like we, we got a few more months until it's proven. I'm confident it'll do well. But I think that gym owners should just be more open-minded to it because I wasn't for a long time. Um, but because of your passion behind it and the structure we have and just realizing like it'll help retain our members, it'll help them get better results, it'll help them hit the, because most people want to look, look better, right? And if you're not at least doing something in the kitchen, you're, you're, you're missing out on that. So yeah, man, I, I'm fired up about it too. I mean, I, I can't believe you're releasing it early. I mean, <laughs> I mean, dude, I mean, 
I, you know, you always get mad at me for being reactive, but here's Mr. Reactive going out there and putting out on the table about nutrition, uh, uh, accountability yeah. coaching. Yeah. You're rubbing up on me too much time spent with the big guy, but you know, I think that another thing that I've been thinking a lot about, cause it's January and like, you see it already, right? There's challenges and, and all sorts of diets out there. Like people are talking about it. People are starting 75 hard, like doing all these things. And I was, I, I was in the gym yesterday and I was really thinking about like, why or how can I best explain why, you know, for some people and honestly, for most people, like these short term approaches to like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in 30 days, or I'm just going to cut out sugar for 30 days, like why these tend to be, you know, not super productive and counterproductive, if anything. And I think that the way I thought about it, and kind of what I've had success with, with my own kind of nutrition and body composition over the past year, is this idea of like shifting your baseline, and the fact that that takes time. So let me try and explain this to you, because I was just thinking about this yesterday. But I think we all we all know that we have kind of like a baseline where we sit at, where it doesn't take a lot of work for us to stay looking and feeling the same. And for some people, for you, for example, like, you don't have to work particularly hard to look a certain way and feel a certain way because you've done so much work over the years to make your baseline pretty lean, pretty fit and pretty healthy, right? Like you've done a lot of work. Like right now, I would say you're not doing some crazy diet feeling like you have to be super disciplined and avoiding all these foods. Like you're probably eating what you want, making decisions here and there. You go, you take group class, but for a lot of people, it takes That's a it. lot of work to yeah. do those things, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that what people have to realize is when you do these crazy 30 days of like, I'm going to go to the gym every day, even though I wasn't working out a bunch, I'm going to cut out all sugar, even though I have a sweet tooth, I'm going to, you know, make sure I'm doing like, you know, whole 30 only foods. You're not really shifting your baseline. All you're doing is going to an extreme of like being a lot more disciplined and a lot healthier than where your median is. And you can only do that for so long. Like if you think about it, like stretching a rubber band, you're in the middle and the more you stretch it in one direction, the more it's eventually gonna snap back. And if you stretch it to the point where it'll snap back and even go into the other direction, that's where a lot of people, you know, they have a lot of success, they lose 20 pounds, whatever, and then they end up gaining 25 because they did something that was so unsustainable and took so much discipline, was so exhausting, was so stressful that once they kind of like get to the point where they can't do it anymore, they yo-yo right back up and pass that. So what I kind of encourage people to think about is thinking that like shifting that baseline, the point where the rubber band doesn't stretch at all takes a lot of time. It takes months. It takes time to like build habits one at a time so that you can get to the point where looking a little bit better, feeling a little bit better, maybe being, you know, a couple pants size smaller, whatever it is that your goal is, doesn't feel like something that it's hard to maintain. That should be the goal. The goal should be to get to a point where, you know, it's not just, okay, I just did this 30 day diet. I'm where I want to be now, but man, was that exhausting. And I can't do this forever. It should get to the point where you feel and look the way you want to feel and look, but it feels effortless to maintain. And that's not going to happen in 30 days. No. Shit, that's not going to happen in 90 days. And I think that that's where the, the type of approach that we want to come with, with nutrition and accountability is going to be so helpful because I know that we're not going to take this approach of, hey, I'm going to promise you the world in 30 days. What we're going to do is hold you accountable and work on habits one at a time in a way where it never feels difficult. And I think that that's the key. It can never feel hard because as soon as it feels hard, it isn't sustainable. 
And that's why I'm so excited about the way we're approaching this. Not only am I excited because I think this is long overdue, but the way we're thinking about doing this, I think is going to lead to a lot of long-term success for people, which if you're a gym owner listening from a business standpoint, I think is going to help us with not just retention, but referrals, right? Like think about how much more likely people are going to be to scream from the rooftops that NC Fit is the best thing that's happened to them since forever if they see their goals like really happen before their eyes. Um, so yeah, man, I think there's a lot of positives. I'm obviously super passionate about this stuff and I'm, I'm excited to share what success for us looks like as, as we kind of get more and more into this. Well, I think what success looks like for us is retention is seeing these members get better, not, not, not perfect, but over weeks, months, and, and, and years. Like I, 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 um, I really determine if we are successful when I, when I'm in the gym and as of lately, dude, it's, it's cracking, right? Just the vibes are right. Classes are filled. It's awesome. But when you see members that have been with you five, six, seven, 10, 12, some even more years, it makes you feel like what we're doing is really life-changing, not just like a week changing, a month changing, but it's something that is now part of who they are. And um, that feels good. And I think for nutrition, it's that same impact, right? It's like, I don't think we should judge success by, um, you know, how many members we have for, you know, 30, 45 days, whatever it is for the challenge. We should, we should judge success based on how many people stuck with us for six months or a year where they were really able to define like that rubber band analogy, I think is really cool. I might, I might steal that at some point because you're right. You have this rubber band and if you just pull it just a little bit to the side, just like, like 2%, it really doesn't do much because it's just like a little bit of the extra slack. But as soon as you pull it too far and you let it go, it's going to revert back to the other way. And you're totally right. You don't have so much discipline for so long. And I've seen this time and time again, take, for example, competing, I would be, you know, disciplined all the time. But if I had a competition coming up in two months, I would ramp it up that 10% or whatever it is. But knowing that you have this goal, you know, I remember every year after the CrossFit games it was really difficult because I would train super hard for the games, be super diligent, knowing that I had this. And then my wife and I would always schedule a trip right after like, a week after we'd go to somewhere and I would just let the wheels off. But then all of a sudden they created this thing called team USA, which actually had the Jersey right there behind me. The problem with that was the invitational was like a month after the games or two months. So I couldn't really let myself go that much because I had to go compete again in two months. But I guess I'm trying to use that as an analogy where a lot of times for me, I would set these like pillars to train for, but I think when it comes to most people, most of the time, the, the pillars are much further out than they think. And they could just take small steps towards them. And before they know it, six months, a year later, it's going to be great. So I love that rubber band analogy. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's a really cool one for people to think about. Yeah, man. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an important time now because I know a lot of people are probably stretching that rubber band pretty thin, you know, really trying to yeah, uh, undo a lot of the damage from the holidays and, and probably not being as disciplined as possible. And I get it, you know, like you get to the beginning of the year, new year, new me. It's another thing that I think, and not to go off on a tangent, I, I, I don't like when people kind of bash the resolution crowd. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that, that, that we do that or anyone we know do that, but there's definitely like some people that like, oh, the gyms are more crowded or these people are just not going to stick to it. They're going to stick for a month, like whatever it takes to get people moving again. Great. And I think that a, a big reason a lot of people end up fizzling out is because 
they're not being embraced when they do end up coming in and making that change, whereas they should, you know, it's a big deal. And if January 1st is what it takes to get people moving, then I think that that's great. If you're listening and January 1st is what it took to like, you know, dial your nutrition a little bit more or get moving a little bit more, it's like, fuck yeah. Like that's awesome. That's what I'm saying. I was at the gym uh, a couple of days ago. And um, so my normal schedule, I I work out of our Campbell office. I would love to work out of our Mountain View gym, but we don't have a good office there. So our office at Campbell, I work there. And I'm typically there from like, let's just say like eight to four, more or less. During that time, I see a lot of different classes. I typically take the noon class. That's like kind of like typically when I like to work out because it kind of segments out my day. But a gentleman, he was at later on in the evening. And this gentleman, brand new member for us, he used to train CrossFit, another gym, came to us. You know, he looked like he, you know, had maybe, maybe, you know, um, fallen off fitness for a little bit, right? And he was back. And like, dude, for me, I was fired up to see him. Like, dude, I was so grateful that regardless if it was the new year, new me, I don't care. The fact that you're in the gym, now our goal as coaches is how do we make your experience so beautiful and articulate our message so much that you stay with this for the next years to come so if you are out there and you know the new year kind of fired you up dude that's great if it didn't fire you up then maybe get fired up in february it's all good too you know um that's it yeah any day any day is good to start either way man and you know i i I did a little um cop a clip about this um i got a message from a guy on instagram and he was like hey i used to be able to train two times a day 45 minutes each or an hour each but now i have kids i have work i have whatever And I can only train like 15 minutes a day, but I don't even want to do it. And I was trying to explain to him, like, you know, don't get obsessed with perfect getting in the way of like, just good. And basically what he was trying to say is like, I only have 20 minutes, but I don't even feel like I should do anything because I can't do this Mm. full drawn out thing. And I'm like, dude, you could do seven minutes of burpees. You could go in the garage. You can go to the gym real quick and open gym and hit it real quick. But at least something is better than nothing. And then when you have those longer days, like the weekends, get in there for those two, three hour sessions. But I think that that consistency piece obviously matters, but I think there's a stigma that unless you can get in some full, like beautiful workout, you shouldn't do anything. It's like, that's not necessarily, in my opinion, the right way to think about it. Yeah. And before we move on, just to tie a bow on the nutrition thing, because I don't want to get people all excited, especially because I know a lot of people at our commercial gyms listen to this podcast. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, I don't want to get get people all excited, not have them, you know, something that they can actually do. So we'll definitely include in the show notes for this uh, episode, we have a landing page already. So one of the things that's going to be a little bit of a challenge for us with launching this is we want to make sure that the coaches that are doing nutrition coaching are doing it right, right? Like it's taken us years and years and years to get to the point where our coaches are coaching group class at the level that like we feel is in line with the NCFIT brand. And we don't want to go out there and do this nutrition and accountability coaching anywhere short of that. So we've handpicked a very, very small group of coaches that have been with us for a while. They're familiar faces at the gyms that are going to be taking on clients in addition to a lot of their other responsibilities. So what that means is that spots are going to be super limited in the beginning. So I'm highly encouraging if you're listening and you're a member at our Campbell or Mountain View location, or you've been a member in the past, because we will have this open for past NCFIT members, please click on the link, put your name on the waiting list, make sure that you're first in line to get information on when this becomes available, because I'm almost 100% sure that we're not going to be able to take on every single client wants to be a part of this, at least in the beginning, which is kind of a bummer. But again, it's necessary for us to kind of put out the product that we want to be proud of. So make sure you put your name down. Don't wait. 
and you'll probably be hearing from me uh, as soon as we have more details on this product. So just want to put a bow on that because I know a lot of people from our gyms actually listen to this and are probably fired up to get some more information. Hey, man, I'm, I'm fired up to get some more information, too. You know, this is definitely your, put your uh, name on the list. Yeah, I might need to because this is definitely your, uh, you know, brainchild. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, very successful for the business and successful for the individuals who are a part of it. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I've been playing a, a, a bigger part in the programming, which has been fun. You know, we have a full team that's reviews it, um, but I've also been doing an additional review. <clears throat> I've been testing more workouts. I've just been training a lot more because I take classes and I test. And it's just been really fun because, you know, I, sometimes I'll see workouts. This is back in the day. And as an owner, I think gym owners can appreciate this you'd see a workout that maybe wasn't perfect. It, it was, it was good, but it wasn't, eh, it was, it maybe could have been better. It's kind of shame on you, right? Like if, if, if you had the opportunity to provide insight or provide feedback and you didn't do that, then that's not good. So that's something I've really taken to heart as of recently. And every workout we put out um, through the NC fit workout, because now we only have one with performance and fitness tracks, you know, I've reviewed, I've tested a lot of them. And I, I just want to make sure that we feel really good about what we're putting out to the collective and within our gym. So just rest assured, if you're listening to this, if you're a gym owner, if you're a coach, if you're an athlete in our gyms, there's a lot of thought that goes into our programming. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've been taking a more active approach on, on testing like I did yesterday with Caden, for example. You know, I think we should have a dedicated episode here in the pretty near future to like really dive deep into the change we made in the beginning of the year, how it's going, what I think would even be a good idea is maybe bringing like an Emily or a Frankie onto the podcast to get their take on, you know, how everything's been going. Cause they're doing, I know you coach some classes, but they're doing the majority of the coaching. But if you could give me like a 30 second, like a highlight of how it's been to go from half of our schedule BNCX, which is traditional strength and conditioning, moderate complexity, and NC Metcon, which is our take on GPP. So we had two different classes. Our schedules at the gyms were pretty much 50-50 to what's a pretty big change, right? Like now we only do the NC Fit workout and every workout has two journeys, one that's moderate complexity, high complexity. What is your like, what's your hot take, you know, 11 days into the year when we record this on how it's been going, how it's been received and how the coaches are doing with it? You know, sometimes as a business owner, you know, or manager or whoever, there's like aha moments where you're like, dude, like, like, really? Like, did really? Why didn't we do that before? Right. And <laughs> I always have to remind myself, there's always reasons why we do certain things at the business and not to like beat myself up. because I've been really hard on myself about a lot of decisions we've made over the years. But, I, you know, the thing that I that helps me sleep at night a little bit better is that at the time when you make those decisions, you make the best decision you can with the information you're given. And if you could do it over again, you'd probably make a similar decision. Like in general, in business, I would say that that's, that's typically been the case for me is there's a lot of factors that build up where we get to, how we got to where we're at in business decisions. Having Metcon and X was a byproduct of many years of decision-making that led us to that. Moving it to one program with the performance and fitness track was a no-brainer. It's, it, it is as much of a no-brainer to our business as as having people pre-register for class or having 10 minute blocks in between. Like if you had asked me five years ago, oh, should we pre-register for class or have 10 minute blocks? I'd be like, dude, what are you talking about? Why would you have a 440 class? That's weird. Or, or I don't want people to register for classes because I want them to have a flexibility. Now, those things are just like so amazingly successful for us. I wish we had done them earlier. And that same thing applies with having one program. I mean, 
I cannot tell you the amount of people have come up to me and be like, dude, I'm super happy you have one program because now I could go to any time I want in the day and not have to worry about the programming conflicting with each other. It's like, like, yeah, I wish we had done it earlier to put it, to, to put it lightly. Yeah. And I know that at least from what I've heard too, from a lot of the collective gyms we work with is that, you know, this has facilitated a lot of, you know, not issues that they had with prior, but a lot of things that they were trying to solve anyway. I think same thing, like having the class that you offer a hundred percent of your schedule. I think that's been huge. I think, you know, bringing everyone into a single class, being able to very clearly communicate what it is that we do and not trying to explain this difference between X and Metcon, which, you know, as we got feedback, you know, X and Metcon went from being like pretty different to like being a little bit, a little bit more similar. And I think that that's where things got a little gray and, and, and dicey for us. So yeah, man, from the collective side, gym owners that I talked to, I think it's been the same. I think it's pretty well received. So I'm excited we did it and I'm excited that it's been, um, you know, as positive as it has been. Yeah. I mean, you know, from a business perspective, just real quick, you know, um, we're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Sure as hell not. Um, but, but we all care. We care a lot and we care about our business thriving in the future. We care about never settling for mediocrity. Um, it's just some of these things just take time. And in hindsight, you're like, dude, why didn't we do that a year ago? But we weren't ready for that decision a year ago. We weren't ready to make that change. Um, and uh, that's just something I, I think just from a business perspective, it's important for any owner or manager to lean on is like, it's like, um, you know, giving yourself a little bit of grace that like, you know, be okay with making tough decisions, but like, take your time with them because once you make them, like you make them like, and we're, we're set. We're, this is the decision we made. For example, like getting all of our members up to the same rate for their membership, dude, that ruffled some feathers for sure. But that decision took years to happen. It was a good thing for our business or this one, a lot of these decisions, they have implications, good and bad. And you have to make sure as an owner that you're okay with, with, with standing up for your decision-making. And in this case, it took me personally this long to get there. You know, we knew it was the right idea, maybe like six months or a year ago, it just took a long time to get there. Yeah. And sometimes again, like not rushing into the decision gives you not just the, the, the clarity on making sure that like, this was the right decision. Cause I think the writing was on the wall for, for us for a little bit, but also like the confidence to go out there, which I think is a necessary ingredient to it being successful in the first place, right? Like if you're feeling 70% about it, like, sure, that's enough to maybe make the decision, but will that come off as 70% when you communicate it to your staff, when you communicate it to the members, when you go out there and will that then have a negative impact on how it's received and the pushback that you get? Whereas if you can sure. go and I am a hundred percent confident in this decision and that comes out with your body language, with the language that you use and so on and so forth, then anyone that maybe would have had some pushback would have been like, well, if he thinks this is that good of an idea, it must be that good of an idea. Yeah. And I think for a while, you know, again, um, just using myself as an example, I, I try and do that as much as possible because I think that there's learning lessons here. Um, years ago, it's probably like what I, Gabe, I think you were, I think you were with the company. So it must have been like five years ago. We had a meeting in Santa Cruz. We did a cold plunge. Did you you did that one where we went in the water and we got out? Yeah. And that was in the uh that was in the early, early days of me being on the team. I gotta tell you, man, just without completely detracting from your story, that uh, like like sealed the deal for me. I was so I like bled NC fit after that day. That was it was really well done. I was so pumped with the people we went, what we did, the talk we had after with Adam. Um 
That was really well done. Cause I was, I was, I had to have been, cause what time of the year we did that? Like end of the year. It and was I cold. started in August. All I know is it was cold and we went in the ocean. And then afterwards we were freezing our asses off in a meeting, but it was good. Yeah. I was like three months into the company and I left that and I was like, this is, this is where I should be. This is good. Yeah. So dude, we, we, we went out there and the reason why I bring this meeting up and um, maybe on another podcast, we could talk about that meeting and, and the goals of it. But one of the things we came to the conclusion of was this, was this tagline and it was all heart, all hustle. And I remember when I was in the meeting, like vibes were right. Like dude, people were fired up. dude, like everybody was, everybody was good, you know? Um, and the team kind of decided that they liked all heart, all hustle. I didn't really say much. I, I, I was kind of like impartial, but I didn't really like get on board with it that much. And turns out, you know, it took a few weeks, months, and it kind of fell flat in the gyms because of me. It was my fault. It was it was my fault because I was not 100% behind it. And I think it's just taken me this long to get to a point where, like, if I don't feel right about it, I just want to voice that early so that we could then not go that direction. Because eventually, like, eventually as the, as the organization and someone who's like the m- microphone for it, like, I have to be all in. Otherwise, it'll just fall flat. It's something I've had to realize. And I think that this is an example, like changing two programs to one. If I wasn't all in, it wouldn't have, at least to me, the team wouldn't have been as excited about it. Right. And so that's something that each owner needs to think about is like, are you all in on your decision? If not, just take your time with it because all heart, all hustle. We we like kind of like pounded. We were all fired up about it, but I wasn't really. And it fell flat and I lost trust in the team because of that. And that was, that was my fault. That was a big learning experience for me that I won't let happen again. Yeah, I think we've talked about this, like when it comes to hiring, for example, you know, like, I think one of the things you really need to rely on as a leader um, is that gut feeling. And like, if something doesn't feel 100%, I use this cheesy analogy all the time, but it's like trying something on in the fitting room, like those mirrors are designed to be super flattering. If you don't love it in the fitting room, you're not going to love it in real life. And not that I go out shopping all the time. I'm checking myself out in a fitting room, but it's a good analogy because it's true. Like when it comes to a hiring decision, when it comes to a big decision like this, if you're not in the moment, like if there's any little bit of doubt, any little bit of like, is that the right person? Is this the right way to go? But like everyone else seems kind of on board. Like chances are like whatever that 5% of doubt is, is only going to grow. Um, so it's important that you're a hundred percent, especially on these big decisions. And I think it applies really well to hiring. Oh yeah, for sure. Did you see that one shark tank where, um, so I cannot remember the last time I was in a dressing room I, I, way before COVID. I mean, I, I, don't, <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I basically wear, you know, anyways, um, but did, you see that, did you see that one, um, shark tank where the lady was trying to sell mirrors that make you look thinner in the clothes? No. Oh, no. So she had already had them. So they were called like slim mirrors or something like that. And the sharks didn't invest it because they felt like it was kind of like um not unethical, but like like misinformation. Like people were yeah. gonna try these clothes on, look super thin in them, go home and not have a great experience. Anyways, I just thought that was random that it was on Shark Tank, one of my favorite shows. Oh, dude, Shark Tank is a must watch. We've been binge watching. So we, we didn't watch a lot of it like as the seasons went out, but it's been one of our shows that we like watch every night um, as our show. And it's, it's so good, man. You also learn a lot. It's very, very, very educational. Like the Super little sound bits that you get from like Mark Cuban, especially dude, he drops some major knowledge bombs on people that if you're really paying attention to what they're saying, I picked up a lot from watching the show and it's also just great TV. 
Yeah, I, I personally think that that, and, and there's been credit where credit's due, but like from an entrepreneurship perspective in the United States, I think it's been incredible. Like my kids have been watching it since they were super young because oh, it's not a ton of like foul language. You know, there's no, like it's, yeah. it's a good no, it's family good. show, right? And um, anyways, we could talk about that for hours, but yeah, sh Shark Tank, shout out to Shark Tank. If you're not watching it, give it a shot. And um, yeah, I got to go download something because I'm going to be on a lot of flights. I'm, 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 I'm in and out from Miami, so I'll be... Uh, I got to go find some shows to, 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 to binge or maybe some podcasts. So we'll see. Well, well, since, since, you know, power outages are something that's happening, it reminded me another show that we, we haven't finished it yet, but we're watching, we don't watch it like every night. Cause it's a little heavy. Um, but if you're into that kind of stuff, I like things that are based on, on true stories. Um, even when they're like a little bit heavy, just cause I think it's important to like, you know, really see that, you know, this kind of shit goes down, but five days at Memorial is on Apple TV. And it's about five days at this hospital in New Orleans, immediately following Katrina and how crazy the experience was when they were out of power, the levees broke and they were like stranded. It was a hospital with shit ton of patients and like the decisions they had to make about like, you know, who gets evacuated, who not. And, you know, people under that type of pressure. Um, it's a good show. It's on Apple TV. I, I, I recommend it if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, it's based on a true story, which, you know, is always, uh, I always find fascinating, but it, it is a little heavy. Yeah. I like, the, I like the true stories. Um, well, I love it, man. We'll do, we'll make sure to put in the show notes about the nutrition that's coming up. Oh yeah. If you're a gym owner, you're not doing our bi-weekly newsletter. You're, you're seriously missing out. Gabe does an amazing job with that. If you're an athlete or just anybody who listens to this show and you're not part of our EOE weekly, a weekly newsletter that goes out every week, they're doing an amazing job with that. And um, yeah, I mean, look, if you're listening to this show, we really appreciate it. Um, if you see me at any event, anywhere, hit us up. Um, would really appreciate just letting us know what you guys think. And aside from that, man, I hope everybody has a great week. What do you think, Gabe? That's it? That's right, man. You got all my all, all my plugs. You hit them all on the na nail on the head. Um, no, I'm excited. Excited to record next week and hear how it went in Miami. All right. It's going to go great. Talk to you guys soon. Bye -bye.